Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bjorn and Fudd's Top 10 Tonight on Cabin Country, Bjorn and Fudd review their top 10 favorite pop songs from 1976. Those mellow American hits played over and over again in monophonic excellence on AM radio. A listening experience which made the three-hour drive to the cabin seem like five or six hours. So sit back, relax, and open up your favorite soda pop as Bjorn and Fudd take us back to that golden year of popular music. 1976. 1976, Bjorn. 76, the bicentennial. That's right, the bicentennial. Uh, it was quite, quite a year. I was, I, I turned ten in December of '76, but you, you were ten June, right? Isn't that your? Yep, yep. Very early June, and uh... so a couple of ten-year-old boys heading up to their. Respective cabins. Correct, correct. And for me, that uh, 1976 was like year two or three of our place my dad built on Lake Osakis. So the shack was uh, on borrowed time when my cousins weren't there in the early 70s, you know, 71 through 74. Sure. And then we had this place. It was way different, but a bigger cabin and one that my mom came up to more often than she would go to the shack. Right. So that meant... We were listening to a lot of pop music on pop the way to music, you bet. and from. Um, we were discussing this before deciding on the year 1976. Bjorn, what made you decide that let's, let's do 76 first off? Yeah, I don't, you know, it just seemed to hit kind of that sweet spot. I'm not sure why exactly. I, you know, the bicentennial quarters and the... Right. Possibly, I, I'm trying to remember, was a $2, a $2 bill a thing in 1976? I'm not sure. I don't recall. More Probably, to look up. Probably not. Uh, but, yeah, right, you know, you're you're still a kid, and uh, your bicycle is your best friend, and and then there's going to be the weekend trips up to the cabin. And for me, yeah, our family, that was about year four of, of the, the pine box on concrete blocks and uh, uh-huh. the Brainerd Chain of Lakes area and... Uh, yeah, man, it was. I, you got WDGY, I'm guessing. Maybe a little KSTP every now and again. If my mom was in the car, we we had the dial tuned to that. It was a little more pop, and you hear a little more disco infused, a little more sure, R&B. You bet, you bet. But otherwise, if it was my dad, it was WCCO. That's what I heard. So <laughs> yeah, 
entirely the entire way until we lost <laughs> the signal somewhere shy of Brainerd. And you still got it. It was just crackly, and he didn't like that. So he'd start switching over to the local stations. But, yeah, it was going to be WCCO. My parents were, were kids of the Great Depression, so CCO just made sense. They... You know, I mentioned this before on the show. My mom referred to anything, you know, vaguely soft pop, and you know, from there on out, it was yaha music. <laughs> I don't want to hear any of that yaha music. And trying to find the definition of that, I think it just meant electric guitars of some sort. But uh, <laughs> CCO would hit those hit those common themes that they didn't seem to mind. Well, it's yeah. sort of new. You won't mind it, right? And I, like you said, three-hour trip that became six because of the <laughs> musical selections. And right. That. My memory of listening to WCCO is that it was like three-quarters talking. Yep. And then every once in a while, they would put a song on. Without a doubt. Without so, a doubt. A lot of the favorite characters and, and you know shows that they would run on CCO, whichever DJ was doing their, their bit. But yeah, you'd get the maybe two songs every hour. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe four. Like. I'm not sure. Mix it up a little bit, but but they they seem to be of a very distinct vein, yeah. and so that that was what I heard every weekend, or sometimes if we were going up midweek or whatever, that was what we were going to hear, and, and you heard a fair piece of that yourself. So. And I still hear it. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it hasn't gone away. Um, right. Well, now with with how easy everything is, so easy to access, and and it is fun to be able to go absolutely on one of your favorite streaming musical apps or whatever and right and just create a list like that and that that is fun and of course our kids now you know mine are currently uh, 14 and 15 and yours are a bit older and so uh, the our our kids have been getting into the kind of the 80s I think more so than the 70s the but nostalgia of the stuff we listen to as high school kids yeah right exactly right but uh, but yeah, this is this is part of cabin country. Oh, excuse me, <clears throat> boy, I can't speak. <laughs> so I think our goal, what is our goal? We want to come up with a, a good top ten list, right? Of the of the favorites or the songs we love to hate as kids. <laughs> correct, correct. On the way to and from the Brainerd area, cabin country. Songs that were definitely a kind of a zeitgeist. I mean, it, it takes you back to that time. You you maybe don't. Hate them. You certainly don't love them, but it, it yeah, it's your. I'm in the back of a old two tone Ford Pinto, <laughs> hoping beyond hope we don't get rear ended. I I go into space, you know. Squeaky and cooler. You bet the squeaky cooler. Maybe the wrong time of year. The lawnmower. You know the yeah. whole bit. Get up and close and personal with that space cut lawnmower and <laughs> and uh, the squeaky cooler and and uh, what's gonna what what are they gonna play? Once we're sitting in traffic on Highway 10. Back in the day when Highway 10 was lots of stoplights and you were stuck, man. That was just how it was. You know, my dad hadn't quite figured out the highway routes to skirt around some of these these uh, traffic jams and, and bog downs. And so the radio was on and what were we going to be hearing? And Fudge, you've got your top 10 list. I've got mine. And they're gonna there will be some crossover, but I think in a couple of cases, too, I may have sidestepped one of my favorites quote unquote uh, in hopes that you yeah, you put well, it on your list because we'll there see. are there are some heavy hitters in 1976 <laughs> so if you want to you want to lead off with one that sure. spoke to you sure well let's see here at the top of my list and there there isn't any real uh there an order to this or is it yeah just... not really an order these are just the ones that I wrote down as I thought of them or as I came across them and uh, the first one on my list is 
Afternoon Delight. Oh, yes. Starland Vocal Band. Starland Vocal Band. I even have a, a, a tiny bit of trivia here on a note card. Where Where is that? Here we go. Starland Vocal Band. I This would be an example of a one-hit wonder band because they didn't really have another hit other than Afternoon Delight. Well, you were mentioning earlier, though, I mean, that one Titanic hit netted them a television show for a while. They did. They had a six-week running... Uh, it's like, what was it called here? The Starland Vocal Band Show. Well. And uh, <laughs> here's a little interesting <laughs> bit of trivia is that it, um, one of the writers of that show was David Letterman. Oh, my God. And he even appeared on this show. Wow. And that was in 1977, but the hit came out uh, in 1976. And we heard it all the time, and it has vivid memories of that place on Osaka, Sunny Afternoons. And uh, my brothers and I chasing garter snakes, you know. The, the, my, my dad's homemade duck boat, as we mentioned before, was upside down in the yard. And I was the oldest brother, so I made my brothers lift the upside down duck boat up. And then three or four of those babies would start <laughs> squirming their way, sneaking away in the grass. And I had a stick. And st- so Here I, we go. I was uh, the avenging. My mom hated snakes. And, of course, I didn't, didn't like them either, so... So Afternoon Delight is on in my head in the background as I'm with my ball cap making my brothers do the dirty work and then I got to kill the snakes and then we'd stick them out thinking eagles or something would come and get them. I don't know if they (laughs) eat snakes, but... Crows. But yeah, how about you? What memories do... I just think it's funny that Afternoon Delight has a certain meaning for one segment in our society and in your world, it means <laughs> putting on snakes. baseball caps and <laughs> killing garter snakes with sticks. It does sound kind of dreamlike. It's it's, uh, it's unique. You know? uh, yeah, absolutely. It just and that crackling through the the, the single speaker of a, oh, yeah. a Ford Pinto. You uh, that was a that was a big one too. Um, Seventy six. You know the list is is very long. One that always got my dad grinning because he was an older guy. I guess you know in the in the mid to late seventies already he was no longer part of the younger set and and he would hear C.W. McCall's Convoy (laughs) and just thought it was it was germane in a couple ways. A, there were lots of semi-trucks, you know, on the highway as we were cruising up north and he'd always ask questions like, oh, suppose we can get him to put the hammer down (laughs) you know, blow his horn what do you think? I wonder what he's listening to in that truck but at one particular point in the song, C.W. McCall makes reference to a dozen long-haired friends of Jesus in a chartreuse microbus. And that was guaranteed to get my dad just snickering, oh, yeah. snickering like the dog off Dudley Do-Right. He'd have the pipe clenched between his teeth. Laughing <laughs> 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 long-haired friends of Jesus. Oh, this hippie van. Oh, my gosh. I, I know what they're talking about. So your dad might have been one of those older guys that coin the phrase get a haircut hippie oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> get a haircut take a bath yeah yeah that uh that was a good one convoy remains it, it, uh, the only song i ever in my life when i was a kid called the radio station and actually said can you play convoy and i listened and probably an hour later i finally heard it because it was on the regular oh, rotation yeah. you bet but um yeah very uh, strange um I do have a bit of trivia on that. C.W. McCall was actually a character co-created by writers Bill Freeze and Chip Davis. 
Chip Davis of none other than Mainheim Steamroller. Oh, wow. Created this okay. character and wrote that song. And, of course, based on the CB, CB slang at the time. Right. One of my dad's good friends had uh, two boys. The older brother, John, had a CB radio. Right. So I remember being in his bedroom, and uh, he turned it on, and breaker, breaker, one nine, looking for any southbound traffic going down an I-90. You know, I, I, of course, as a kid, I'm like, cool. Right. So... Yeah, that song, and of course, listening to it now in prep for this uh, this episode, I, I'm thinking, good, this was a hit? Yeah. What <laughs> it's, the heck? Well, keep in mind, I think this is about the same era as, like, uh, you know, a couple years earlier, The Streak, yeah. Disco Duck, <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. Jaws. You know, there was a lot of I guess strange... strange and, and we had, you know, our own generation, you know, welcome yeah. to 1982, 83, Pac-Man Fever. You're right. Oh, my goodness. I guess they refer to those as oh, novelty songs. Yeah, novelty songs, absolutely. You're going to hear them in a diner somewhere, uh, you know, halfway to to the northern <laughs> northern boundaries of the state. So that's uh, two songs, right? Yeah, we got Convoy and the Afternoon Delight Snake Killing Festival. Right, right, right. Yes. Well, number three, again, this isn't in any particular order other than the, how we're just thinking of them. Uh, Moonlight Feels Right. Oh, gosh. By Starbuck. Starbuck. Moonlight feels right. And I just could never stand the way he uh, finished one of the verses. And <laughs> I just I remember seeing them on something like the Mike Douglas show. Oh, my yeah. mom used to watch, or Merv Griffin, yes. something like that. And they were on, and they were all wearing suits. You know, oh. with the shirts open way down to the the navel, and and then really kind of boot cut, kind of flare, right? Suit pants, and and then I, I just remember they were all standing in front of the little keyboards, and they were all wearing flat caps or pork pies. Oh, okay. You know, I don't know. I was like, what are you guys all going bald? Not, not. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Hey, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm, that's, I'm not taking shots, but I just remember, like, yeah, two of the kind of hot shots in the band were wearing flat caps. And yeah, and the, the kind of uh, stylish. And, of course, anybody Yacht familiar with, this, out. with the song is that there's a killer vibra- vibraphone solo in there. I mean, he just... It's all over. It's pretty crazy. Uh, he's Rolling got with it. a shirt, you know, unbuttoned all the way down to his belly button. The song was actually released on December 31st in 75, and they apparently, according to Casey Kasem, you know, American Top 40 back in 1976, the band delivered, hand-delivered 400 records of that that song to different radio stations, but uh, since it was kind of springy and warm weatherish, uh, the stations didn't play it till later in the spring. So not until April of '76 did it really become kind of flowered, if you on, will, on the the charts. Yes. Well, it definitely, it definitely felt you know felt, it was right into that kind of yacht rock thing. Oh yeah. Just kind of hey, whoa, this is indeed fancy pants, cocktails, and lots of people. <laughs> Making the scene, you know, being being seen, kind of stuff, and and they get lumped into uh, on a lot of the apps out there. The the one hit wonders. I mean, I yeah. can't I can't think of another song Starbuck ever did. No, you know? if it uh, if it helps give you an indication, the the B side, if you look it up, the B side of that record was called uh, Backlash Larue, based on a cowboy actor in the in the fifties, I think. Sure. Uh, who was known for his his uh, yeah king of the bullwhip? Deft hand with a bullwhip. Which we're thinking is is a, well, I'm thinking that it was a pretty good influence on Spielberg and Lucas for the Indiana Jones character and sure. his his whip because they did say that they wanted to make a film that was very similar to those old western serials that left you cliffhanging, you know, at the end of an episode. And right. You have to come next next time to 
see it. So, but yeah, I certainly never heard that song. Does Lash Larue get out of the cave-in gold mine, or is he right. eaten by steers? Yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> curious. Yeah. Well, I, you know, in that same vein, Fudd, I uh, I include this because again, I heard it a lot on on the Good Neighbor on CCO. It was. It could cross all genres of radio stations, and and it did. And when I when I hear this guy's name, I picture kind of the big velvet tux, maybe the untied velvet bow tie, big sideburns, this kind of smooth grin, mm-hmm. and a very deep, smooth voice. And again, I'm sure if you're a fan, the guy had lots of albums. If you're kind of into that light jazz kind of sound this guy's probably a mainstay. Um, mm-hmm. But I only know him for one song, and that's Lou Rawls. Oh, yeah. You'll never find another love like mine. <laughs> yes. and it, was, it was one of those songs that never really seemed to end. I mean, you could hear the last refrain for that song. You're gonna miss my loving. <laughs> You're gonna miss my... When it's cold outside. And it was just we'd be driving for like 20 minutes, and it was still <laughs> going. And I was like, my God, I, I don't mind it, but... Does this thing ever end? I mean, it's it's like... And there's no pushing the skip or fast forward? Oh, God, no. This no, is no. radio. You're at the mercy of their, their playlists. You know, I mean, because... I, and I know that a lot of the stations that were doing that, the top 40 kind of stuff or the very popular kind of stuff, the Billboard Top 100, they were playing 45s. Yeah, And they are playing yeah. 45s, little 45 RPM single records. Right. And I was like, how did they get that much on a 45 (laughs) you've got to be kidding me anyway Lou Rawls I I did like his voice it was very smooth very low you know I I had older sisters Um, I can't vouch for my sister closest to me in age but I know my oldest sister I was oh Lou Rawls give it to me (laughs) that's a that's a a velvet voice man that's just that's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) yes Lou Lou it was kind of a the, the Vegas entertainer kind of, yeah. you know, tonight yeah. at the Stardust. The voice. And, and it's, Seven, nine, and 11, Lou Rawls. And again, it's like he, he never, I don't think his, he, he never got another uh, record that was in the Billboard. Nothing of that scale, I can't yeah. imagine. I, I just, I can't imagine, but uh, yeah, boy. And that, and that was the kind of stuff there was, you know, a lot of keyboard, a little bass, some horns. Yeah. Synthesizer, you know, drum going on. There wasn't a lot of loud, raucous electric guitar, so my mom and dad were completely okay with it. Like, yeah, oh, he's he's got such a nice. Give it to me, baby. <laughs> it's such a nice. So it's smooth. not over the top. Is it? Yaha. Right. No. No. Nothing. Yaha. Nothing at all. You'll never find any yaha in Lou Rawls. Nothing found on on Mr. Lou Rawls. You didn't. Uh... Well, no, other than just, uh, you know, came out me. 76, and it was his first and only record to reach the Billboard's top 10. Wow. But uh, I, I think he did quite, quite an a achievement. Bit. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, not bad. And with a golden throat like that, oh, yeah. I'm sure he had a big following. But uh, another song that just really smacks of, the, of my childhood, and a part of that, of course, was going to the cabin country, was Seals and Crofts' Get Closer. Oh, yes. Made my list as well. And uh, it, apparently that was like their eighth album. This is by 1976, and it was their last top ten hit. Wow. And uh, they 
earlier in their careers were before they kind of struck out big with like Diamond Girl and Summer, Summer Breeze, Breeze and oh stuff yes. like that. They, Summer Breeze. They were, for a couple of years, they were in a band with Glenn Campbell. Okay. Glenn Campbell and the, the G- crew, huh? GCs. Yeah. Wow. In the, in the early 60s. But, okay. Uh, yeah, the, the, sound, the, vo- the voices of uh, Seals and Crofts were just kind of ever-present. Just like the summer breeze and flowing with the jasmine of my, flowing with the seals and crofts of my mind. Well, I always got that confused with uh, Sid and Marty Crofts, you know, oh. HR Puffin stuff, <laughs> and Sigmund and the Sea Monster. I was like, this is, are these the same guys? They, they can't be. I mean, that kind of frightening live action, yeah, weird huge. styrofoam, foam rubber costume, sea monstery. What's going on here? I don't get it. And then these guys come out with these sort of smooth rock anthem. No, 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 totally different. That's These right. are musicians. Sid and Marty Croft make shows for small children. No, that will haunt them for the rest of their lives. James Seals and Dash Croft. Dash. Yes. Wow. Okay. Apparently big into the Baha'i faith or something. Okay. Else. Well, yeah, not, not at all uncommon in 1976. No, not at very, all. Very, very popular. A lot of religious exploration. Without a doubt. Of, of many different bands. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, the next, I, and you're going to find mine is going to sound a lot more like the last child of Great Depression era parents <laughs> because the stuff that it, this is what they would listen to you know if it was if it was if, if we were going to get you know the Bay City Rollers doing Saturday night <laughs> they were going to change the station it was just like I don't know oh, what yeah. we're going to listen to but it sure as heck can't be this so forget it you know or hot chocolate I believe in miracles you oh, sexy yeah. think that no <laughs> no no too much too much over the top how about Donna Summers love to love you baby never heard it Never well, heard it because my I think both my parents were offended. I I was listening to it earlier today and remembering that on the trip home from the cabin in Osagas, it, w- it was on and thinking, why is she making those weird moanings? I, I, you know, 10 years old, it was a while before this I kind of knew. woman's in pain. That's dedication. She's but in I can't great Im- pain but continues to record. <laughs> but I can't imagine my dad stomaching that. I'm sure that was when it's, all right, got to turn this, this on. Let's re- we got kids in the car. For that's God right. For, that's this for Pete's sake, yes. Don't go away. Bjorn and Fudd will return with more of their favorite soft pop hits from 1976. Cover versions of these songs were created for the Cabin Country podcast by Engineer Don. Using the original recordings would be an infringement of copyright, and Bjorn and Fudd could be sued and fined to the full extent of the law. We'll return in a moment. Cabin Country would like to thank you for making the Cabin Country podcast the number one podcast on GSPN, the gas station podcast network. If your favorite gas station doesn't play Cabin Country while you are at the pumps filling your tank, please tell them that you want to hear Cabin Country while you gas up. Nothing says gas like Cabin Country. You are a hunter, an angler, a friend of the backwoods. Any time spent away from the outdoors is time lost. The work world of 9 to 5 wears you down, makes you feel less effective makes you feel like it's all falling apart. Forest 420, the elixir that can bring back your outdoor swagger. One two-ounce bottle of Forest 420 will restore personal alertness better than a double shot of espresso. Forest 420 will mask most hunter smells, making you invisible to your prey up in the deer stand or out on the drive hunt. It will improve your posture and make you feel taller, more in control. 
Forest 420 will return male and female vitality to those with flagging libidos, giving you back your blush of youth. 420 will help you stay odor-free on hot days or high-pressure work days when personal freshness is a sure sign of self-control and command of all situations. It will bring back follicular growth on hairlines that are receding, actually growing new hair where none existed in the past. Forest 420 will actually improve your eyesight, daily use having restored most minor vision issues back to 2020 within one month of use. 420 has been credited with bringing the powers of clairvoyance and clairaudience to some users. Now you know what they're thinking. Forest 420 is also a first-class carburetor cleaner for all engine systems, including most inboard and outboard marine motors. The road to daily success in life is clear, concise, and right in front of you. Forest 420. Wake up and smell the great outdoors today. Some of the ingredients in Forest 420 has been found to cause hyperactivity, bladder control issues, and occasional coma in lab rats in the state of California and province of Manitoba. Ask your doctor if Forest 420 is right for you. Hey, good looking. We'll be back with the Forest 420 for you later. I got a Forest 420, and I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Bjorn and Fudd's Top Ten. Is it me again? It's, it's me again it's you. already, Fudd? Wow. It's you, Bjorn. And I still kind of like this song, Fudd. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what it is about it. That just kind of this weird, almost somnambulist kind of sleepwalking kind of... What's going on here? What what was going on with Paul McCartney at this point in his life? But Wings, let him in. Let him in, oh yes. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. <laughs> Do me a favor. Open, open the door. Open the door. Let, let him in. Let him in. And yeah, then, I, I didn't write it down, but I, do, I did look it up and... The names he mentions, like uh, Auntie, Uncle Ernie. Auntie Actually, Jin. Uncle Ernie was referring to Keith Moon. Okay. Yeah, from uh, Tommy. Yeah. The bizarre, very dish- disheveled and mentally unstable Uncle Ernie. Yes. <laughs> I don't even remember that. So I, so Uncle uh, Auntie Jin was actual, actually an auntie. Okay. And uh, Phil and Don, of course, were the Everly Brothers. Got it. And he just, uh, if I remember right, in an interview, he just said that, well, I, we just imagined that it's like if we were having a party, uh, we imagined a lineup of friends and relatives outside the door wanting to get into the party, and this is who, who we thought of. And, right, okay. I mean, that's kind of a real... Keith Moon coming to your party would certainly set things on a yeah. curious edge. You know, he'd be the guy half-naked running around on the ceiling. That's another legendary character I know very little about. Yeah, but, you know, the, the story drummer for The Who, who lived a very crazy existence. And uh, the phrase wild man, kind oh, of. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was, he was all about excess at all times. Uh. And, uh, you know, sadly, that, that took his life. Um, he's not unique in that, in that, that way, but I, the band... Arguably never really the same after his death, but yeah, Keith, considered by many to be the preeminent rock drummer. I mean, if you wanted, and I was just hearing a you know, piece, uh, I'm a Who fan and, and fascinated by the history of that band, and people talking about Keith Moon's drum style, it was more, he was like a classically trained drummer, um, hmm. and drummed along, kind of following the vocal patterns of Roger Daltrey. So oh. his drum fills would often kind of mimic what Daltrey was singing. Oh, really? And uh, not your typical straight-up rock drummer, you know, doing the, the specific rock beats or, you know, backbeat kind of thing. He, 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 was, he was unique and very good, um, but curious, to say the least. Well, I, uh, you know, we, we recently 
lost uh, Neil Peart of Rush. Of course, yes. Um, and uh, he was, well, Rush was one of the, I, I think really the only rock band that I followed and went to a lot of concerts. Of course, if you're a, a white male in America, you know, who's a, <laughs> born in the late 60s, you probably are a Rush fan. Right. But, um, yeah, he, he also attributed influence by Keith Moon. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of, Hard not surprised. to. I, he's, he's, he and John Bonham of Led Zeppelin. Pretty, pretty big deals. But it's funny, you mentioned Rush and growing up, and I, of course, I'm not any different, Fudd. I've <laughs> saw them several times and owned a lot of vinyl, and uh, playing that music in car trips for my son, thinking, hey, you, you like the loud stuff every now and again, you're going to get into this. And I just remember a younger son of mine saying, I, I, I'm with you, except for the voice. I just can't stand the way the guy sounds. And now he's a you know, soon-to-be 21-year-old college guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, they're the best, man. Rush, oh, really? They're great. I, uh, oh, are you kidding me? In fact, he's teaching himself how to play closer to the heart oh, really? on his guitar. Buck and, Fielding uh, would be extremely oh, he, elated he, to hear he that. Would, he B- would Buck's be thrilled. Yeah. Huge Rush fan. Yeah, they don't get much more into Rush than Buck Fielding. He's... And I don't know if any of our Cabin Country listeners are, are Rush. What are you talking about? What's, let's... Rush? What is Rush? How about Leonard Skinner? Lineard. Skinnyard. Yeah. Never, we, we'd get in arguments how to properly pronounce that. Lineard? A cousin of mine finally said, dummy. It's just Leonard Skinner. Okay, oh. that's all it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Who's Leonard? Is he in the band? <laughs> Can I meet Pink Floyd at some point? <laughs> no. Um, so... Where do we leave off here? Was, well, that, was that you? Did you? It was a let him in. And that let was him you. in, right. That was me. I'm and sorry. we got off all from right, a Keith right. Moon. Keith Moon and Rush and Neil Peart. And yes. Trump. All right. One that was interesting, it wasn't until you had forwarded me your preliminary list that I saw it on there, and I hadn't heard it for years. And then when I saw it and then have subsequently listened to it, I thought, oh, yes, it was ever-present. Diana Ross's uh, theme from the 1975 film, Mahogany, which is about a black woman who becomes a successful Rome fashion designer. Wow. But, uh, yeah, do you know where your life is going to? Uh, but, yeah, that it's... I don't know, there's something about that. Of course, that song became probably the most memorable part of the film, and, of course, a top ten hit. Right. But... Uh, Yes, you could you could hear it on WCCO, and uh, probably just a pretty kind of haunting melody. And she and, she uh, had a, a very recognizable, you know, professional grade. Some would say one of the great voices of seventies mm-hmm. soft rock, R and B. You know, Diana Ross. You got to be kidding me, but yeah, boy, omnipresent. And and you, I was not getting out of the car without having heard that in yeah, nineteen seventy six. It was yeah. going to get played. That was going to get played, and then the piano solo, Nadia's theme. Right, The yes. theme from The Young and the Restless. Yeah. Restless. There's no T on the end. <laughs> Restless. Les Nessman. Um, yeah. I, I, and my mom loved it. She was a piano teacher, mm-hmm. and a church organist. And, oh, it's good to finally hear something like this again. Uh, like, oh, God. Get me. <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm going to stick my head out the car window for a while. Is that okay? And act like a dog or I, I just, I don't know. It was kind of melancholy. Yeah. Well, I do remember really? Nadia Comaneci, the yeah, gymnast. Yeah. Romanian, I think. That was right? back in the days when I actually watched the Olympics. I, it's been a long time. Right. 
But uh, that, so I think I even liked it enough to try sounding it out on our piano, which was a hand-me-down used, it was a player piano with all the automatic player parts taken out. Oh, wow. And it was painted orange. <laughs> and it was in our basement. That's really strange. And uh, out of tune. And, um, you know, my mom always wanted to have a piano in the house. Growing up, she always had one. Eventually, I did take lessons. But, yeah, I tried to, just at least the beginning part, you know, mm-hmm. simple mm-hmm. keys. And yep, yep. So, yeah, I think of slow motion shots of Nadia Kamenich and the orange piano in the basement of... <laughs> Nadia Komenich vaulting over an orange piano. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. A CCO classic. No escaping it. Yes, indeed. I think think you're up. I am. Here's one of those hits that uh, I enjoy probably more today than I did back then, but I heard it a lot. This was a first Grammy Award winner. Ooh. For the group Chicago. Chicago. If You Leave Me Now. If You Leave Me Now. Written and sung by by the bass player, Peter Cetera. Peter Cetera. Who, of course, later went on to record his own, you know, music for the Karate Kid and such things like that. Became kind of a standout uh, solo artist in the 80s. Cool, cool song, and it is part of my current yacht rock. Not a lot of rock songs that feature a French horn. (laughs) You know? Right, right. Yeah, and then and then echoed by a, a single single note or single string guitar kind of little did, thing. There's a chime at the beginning, din, 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 and then there's a ching. They're little fingertip cymbals. Kind I guess of, I didn't uh, get that far in my research this afternoon. <laughs> figure that out. So it's like there's a name for those, and I wish I could. I, I keep wanting to say castanets, and I right. know that's not true. I mean, that's that's not right. You know, there's a name for them, but you you know what we're talking about. But yes. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name, the title. You know, Chicago was infamous for coming out with all kinds of albums with numbers for titles. Right. And there was that one album we all had that was kind of basically a mid-70s to late-70s greatest hits. Was it Chicago 11? Chicago 10? Chicago 11? They're falling, they're painting a billboard. Right. And all falling off. Yeah. The paint buckets Scaffold going, kind of and they're kind of losing it off the scaffolding and laughing and hanging on and it, it was it was a crazy i mean the drive to cabin country you were going to get one of those songs oh yes but without a doubt um 76 it was it was a it was an overload if you will of if you leave me now and that was every station i mean every yeah. station was playing if you leave me now so it was a hats off to satira and platinum friends that was, that, was, that was huge yeah and and still i think those reunion show kind of things. People really want to hear that before they leave, which, of course, is challenging with Cetera not being a part of this anymore. It's like, yeah. how do you mimic that? Well, it's not going to sound the same. I hope you're okay with that. You know, Maybe they <laughs> get some Peter? 23-year-old kid from the Philippines who sounds just like Peter Cetera. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway, yeah. Somebody I, out there somewhere somebody has a dead ringer voice. They're going to sound just like Peter Cetera. I, I remember prom. 83 and 84 and hearing a lot of Peter Cetera. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going to love... Or if if you love... What is it? I'm going to love you for the rest of your life. Or, uh, I can't remember the name of the song. Well, that and Hard to Say I'm Sorry. Hard to uh, Say I'm Sorry. <laughs> yes. Another uh, sheet music acquisition. I, I I think I learned the whole thing. Did you? Wow. On the piano for Well done, Fun. The orange piano? No, that was different. This okay, was, that was, okay. After we moved, moved out of that house and uh, didn't bring the orange piano with. I've got another one for you here. All right, that's, 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 let's hear it. That's, many would say, and, and fans of his, and they are legion. 
yeah. and they span many generations. Um, and I won't lie, I got hooked up in the what was it mid nineties kind of second coming, third, fifth coming of Paul Simon. Uh huh. Here he is again, you know, and he was doing his sort of uh, the Graceland album and Rhythm of the Saints. You know, he was doing sort of. I don't know what Graceland was sort of more it was, it was like South African music meets, sure. meets Delta Blues you yeah. know Ladysmith Black Mambazo doing these South African vocals in the back and a, a monster bass player I don't know I wish I could remember the bass player's name he had on that on that session but the guy played a fretless and he was ridiculous I hmm. mean I, I attempted to be a bass player from time to time and I don't know how in the world this guy does what he what he does but um this was earlier, obviously. It's 1976, right. and this is uh, he's ditched Art Garfunkel by this point, and he's doing uh-huh. his own stuff. And uh, goodbye, reddish afro, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going my own. And he came out in 76 with 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Right-o. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. And my this was one of those where, because it was a little harmonizing going on in it, and it got a little call and response and lots of different names and kind of rhyming things he was doing and my mom just thought it was so much fun to make up her own versions of this as, as the oh, car yeah. would be going along and I was just like well she likes it I I guess I don't mind it I mean whatever but just kind of that, that real soft spoken kind of drum roll kind of yeah you know muted drums and, and him kind of whispering and whisper singing Ways he's going to try to sneak out on this woman. Yeah, I, all the uh, suggestions from his friends. I didn't do a lot for me, you know. I, I didn't get it at the time. I just thought <laughs> he was sneaking out of the house or something. But right. I didn't know it was right. away from a lover. And well, so it makes me wonder. That, again, this begs for more trivia research, which I did not do on this song. <laughs> but um, well, he'd broken up with uh, Art Garfunkel, and but he's also married to. Carrie Fisher for a while. Was this before, Indeed. during, after that? Do you, I, I have no idea. I'm gonna. I would guess maybe just slightly before, or mm-hmm. they were married at this point. Because this is '76. Wait a minute. Star Wars didn't come out till '77, so I, I seem to remember there a picture in People magazine or something. Okay. Crushing a glass or something, you know, and a, a, you know, a wedding still. Sure. So it must have been after. Must have. Must so the song must have been before. Their, their wedding, their their marriage. So, hmm. I, I, perhaps our listeners, if they're not driving, are googling it right now. Yes. Well, if you guys get that uh, hotline going, we could call in. I don't know when you're going to do that. You keep yelling <laughs> it, at Don. It, uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it, it, it'll happen. At yeah. Some point, I, we think. Yeah, that's where. Waiting for some. Uh, well, waiting for something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Well, let's see. Uh, I've, I've got some honorable mentions here, Fug. Well, I've got, I, I, I'm wondering if you're going to throw... Uh, there's a couple here where I'm like, boy, these are nuggets. And we, have, got, we haven't touched them yet. I've got three more. I think we'll just keep going with these. Why, why don't you roll with it? Because mine is... My list now is... I've, I've kind of hit my heavies, and, and I'm down into the... Here are my... couple of extras. These, these Supplemental. Are, these are, without a doubt, honorary mentions. If they don't, they can't make the top ten. Well, one of them that was always, always, always heard. Yes. Let Your Love Flow by the Bellamy Brothers. Indeed. We we didn't mention this one already, did we? We did not. Long hair, cowboy hats, and big mustaches. So Let Your Love Flow by the Bellamy Brothers was actually written by uh, somebody who was part of Neil Diamond's band. 
uh, a roadie named Larry Williams. And uh, Neil Diamond wasn't interested in the song. And so the, the drummer for Neil Diamond passed it on to the Bellamy Brothers. They were studio musicians. They were... Yeah, they were studio, yeah, studio musicians. When they recorded Let Your Love Flow, many members of Neil Diamond's band recorded the song with them. And sat in on the session. Sat in on the session. Apparently, they said, too, it was like, it just kind of came out. only took two or three takes, and we were done. And wow. It just, you know, it just flowed. The professionals, professionals, who, right. were, who were letting it flow. Yeah, so um, there you go. But yeah, I always... Always heard it. It was kind of almost a quasi-country-ish. Country, yeah. Country I felt like it was song. crossing some lines. You know, in pop, it worked. Rock stations, 70s, you know, you're getting stuff like Poco and Loggins and Messina. And yeah. America. And we, okay, Bellamy Brothers, why not? But then you'd hear it too on the country stations. Yeah, is it my imagination, or was there a little bit more cross uh, crossing over of genres? Pollinization, or, yeah. It, it, like John uh, Denver? We haven't mentioned any John Denver songs. John but. Denver, I would throw America in that in that yeah, okay. bunch. Um, you know, Loggins and Messina, my God, yeah. early on, before Kenny Loggins became, you know, Kenny Top Loggins. Gun, yeah, know, right. Caddyshack, right. Whenever I Call You Friend, or whenever... Yeah. Is that right? Is that yep, the, Whenever I Call You Friend, with... Uh, Fleet Stevie Nicks, Steve indeed. Nicks, yes. yes, yes, yes. But, you know, when, when it was he and uh, Jim Messina... Yeah, you know, or like I said, Lobo or Poco, all these kind of something they kind of called the California sound, sort of yeah. just the very early days of what we would call yacht rock. Yeah, you know, Jackson Brown, uh, some of that Doobie Brothers stuff was like, mm-hmm. well, it's sort of easy rock meets country. You know, the yeah. first couple records by the Eagles, sure. You know, peaceful, easy feeling. And yeah. You know things like that. You're like, wow, this is this is borderline country music, and it became very popular in the United yeah. States in the '70s. So, the Bellamy Brothers, yeah, I think I saw them too. On like, hey, we're watching Mike Douglas or right. or Tony Orlando and Dawn's show, and it's the <laughs> yeah. Bellamy Brothers, you know, and they're belting out "Let Your, Let love, your love Flow," and they look like they could be roping cattle yeah. in <laughs> on a Schmidt scenic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Indeed. Well, that makes ten golden hits from 1976 already, but Bjorn and I will be back in a moment with a few more honorable mentions. A long day's angling or an end to the afternoon's water skiing brings with it a trophy-sized hunger. And no place satisfies that hunger better than the Cracklin' Jack Pine. Crow Wing County's unique supper club. Cracklin' Jack's offers you the finest house salads with your choice of dressings, an anchor-sized foil-wrapped baked potato, and all the tap beers and mixed drinks you've come to expect when dining out. And the kicker? You get to cook your own meat to your own personal likings and tastes. Bring in your own porterhouse, T-bone, or New York strip. You're the chef. You decide when your meat is medium rare or well done. And if you'd like to leave the meat course to us, we proudly offer our half-pound Whitetail Frank, a mighty link that will sizzle and hiss on our custom 15-by-20-foot char grill that you'll find in the Jack Pine Grill Room. Any seasoning you might need is there for you, and you'll never run out of butter. Join us at the Cracklin' Jack Pine. Your chef's hat and apron are optional, and reservations are still strongly suggested. 
The Cracklin' Jack Pine is now proudly offering a mix of Roquefort and French dressings for those who like something a little different on their salads. We hope to see you soon at the Cracklin' Jack Pine. Now back to Bjorn and Fudd with more hits from 76. Well, some of those uh, supplementals, what do you have? Well, I didn't want to sidestep. I mean, I know I hit you with the wings, let them in already. Um, Interesting that around this time you were still getting like, the Beatles are gone, but they're still in the top 100. Yeah. You know, with some songs. And the Beatles actually had the first version of this, I believe. Mm -hmm. But it was covered by the funk sensation Earth, Wind, and Fire. They turned it into this big kind of like arena rock horn funk thing. Got (laughs) to get you into my life. Right. And again, somehow that made the the cut at WCCO. We'd be... The Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't too yaha for your mom. It, well, I don't know if it was okay for Steve Cannon, it was okay for the car. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'd hear that. It was great bumper music. You know, some of yeah. those just little horn horn moments, you know, from the song. They'd, they'd run into commercial off that. We'll mm-hmm. be right back after this. <laughs> and then Northtown Mall is glad to bring you, you know, <laughs> this kind of thing. Um, so Earth, Wind, and Fire's got to get you into my life. There were a couple others. Seventy-six was a big year for Earth, Wind, and Fire, um, but that was the only one I threw on my list. I I would have to say, um, I can't believe it hasn't come up yet. And my wife has been listening to this lately and commenting. You know, the one guy in this, the two guys in this band, the one guy looks like. Like Harry Potter's really mean uncle Dursley from from the Harry Potter films with really long hair and a suit, England Dan and John Ford uh, Coley. Yes, really love to see you tonight. Oh yeah, yes that for some reason that and Get Closer. I kind of thought they were by the same band. When oh, I was younger, but well, and then throw Starbuck in there too, and it's kind of yeah. like it's sort of one big. You know, I work with a couple of colleagues who our age or even just a tad older. <laughs> No disrespect to these bands, but one of these gentlemen always jokingly refers to, oh, that was one of those songs by REO Stickswagon. <laughs> Journey Sticks, REO, REO Sticks Journey. I mean, they're the same band, aren't they? They're just sort of, I, know, I always want to come in there. Can we, can we lump Toto in there with them too? No, 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 no. That's a totally, come on. They were good. REO Sticks Journey. That, that, was, that was just one big band. Oh, Starbuck. Funny. Yeah. Starbuck, uh, England, England Dan, Dan, and John Ford Seals Coley and Seals Crofts. and Crofts. They all kind of just morphed <clears throat> into one big... Hello, yeah. It's and been I'm, a while. I'm amazed. Did Bread come out with nothing in 1976? Boy, that's a good question. David Gates and Bread. They were ever-present. I think they were a little earlier. Probable. If, you know, If Probable. was a huge one. I, right. That was one I even liked as a kid. There were a few that uh, the melodies... Stuck in my ears as, you know, like, oh, that's pretty. I like that. And well, if was one of them. For me, it was Bread, Chapin, and Croce were kind of like, they're all the same guy, aren't they? <laughs> right. Jim Croce, Harry Chapin, and, and David Gates, and Bread. Aren't they all just kind of one big yeah. wad? <laughs> one big <laughs> wad. Rising on a, on a bread table somewhere. I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, England Dan and John Ford Coley, and then let's not, you know, tip to Cabin Country. Tip of the cap. According to Billboard's list, you know, on the app I was looking at, Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, yes. 1976. The Edmund Fitzgerald. The wreck, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. The Edmund Fitzgerald. And I had a version that I would play in the car, and my son would hear it, and he'd get all weird about, oh, wow, oh, yeah, we got to hear all of this. And he actually works at a summer camp run by the Y up, up in the Ely area, and, and that's, a, that's a favorite to sing at, like, campfire sing-alongs, is the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. No, we're not talking so, about uh, Camp du Nord. We are, in fact, talking about Camp du Nord. Right. This is true. Another tip of the cap to the mighty du Nord. Um, that's a favorite for sing-alongs, and really? a, lot of, a lot of times musically inclined counselors or, or people on staff will sit around at night, community sing or whatever, and somebody will bust out a guitar. You'll hear the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, and, and uh, yeah, he's come back from camp a, a complete Lightfoot devotee. He's just like, really? oh my God, what a great song! It's just so it's so haunting. But the the version I would play, I know this. I don't think this was the album version, but there's a news intro with like Harry Reasoner oh. reading the actual like, really? breaking news of well, apparently. Uh, Loss of the Edmund Fitzgerald, Great Lakes ore carrier, uh, heavy weather off Whitefish Bay. Uh, he's doing the reading of this, and then then the guitar, that kind of echoey yeah. electric guitar, starts chiming in, slowly drowning out. I think it's Harry Reason, and uh, that that added some spookiness to it oh, for, sure. for my son. That was just like, oh. Wow, we got to hear that again you because know. it's real. You know, like the fifth real. time, I'm going, okay, yeah, I get it, I love it. And yeah, Minnesota history, Michigan history, Wisconsin, the Great Lakes, I get it. You know, and then, yeah, what a tragedy, and oh my God, and they were so close, they almost made it, and they all died. November tenth, nineteen seventy-five. You bet. Was the sinking and uh, oh yes. Our Canadian singer-songwriter friend Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot was inspired by a Newsweek article. And then wrote wrote the song, which came out in August of '76. I don't think that was his biggest hit, though. I no, really I, th- don't. I think "Sundown." Sundown was, his was probably it, which is hauntingly heard, catchy. I think uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald wasn't as big European in European countries. Okay, a lot of these top tens were kind of world famous. I mean, by the looks of it, by the sure. gl- glancing at sure. The, Sure. The info I found, but uh, well, um, just just a couple more here, Fudd, if you'll yeah, if you'll I, humor me. I mean, I've got this jumbotron list where I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe. Hall and Oates were very active. Oh yes, in '76. You know, Sarah Smile, she's gone. Um, Keith Carradine, I'm easy. Yes. Well, that was from a from a, a Robert Altman movie called Nashville. Okay. And uh, I remember hearing the song all the time, not liking it. And my wife, she and I did watch this Altman film about four or five years ago, and we were both kind of rolling our eyes at the song. It's not my way. Was was he an actor by trade who oh, just happened to Keith sing? Keith Carradine. He was the he was one of the Carradines. He was he's David Carradine, Kung Fu. Kung Fu, of course. Brother. Yeah. Well, there's of course uh, John John right? Carradine, the horror film father, yeah. right? Right. 1976 brought us a TV show that my neighbors. And I would reenact on a daily basis with our toy guns and our blue shirts and blue jeans. Mm-hmm. I always had to be Deke. I don't know who you had to be from SWAT, Fud, but 
theme from SWAT. I mean, yeah. I, I think I owned that. that I'm not a, sure how I owned that 45, or it was on a KTEL record that was popular at Red Owl. <laughs> but I had the theme from SWAT, and I would put that on, and you know that wah wah guitar. Oh yeah, that was a huge Ray Conniff. Ray Conniff. Yes. I uh, I love that song. I I don't even know the character names from the show, but I, I just remember Deke. Deke. Yeah, Deke was light on his feet and acrobatic. About that same time, I already mentioned Wings. We can't yeah. forget their '76 offering, "Silly Love Songs." which I always wanted to brush my teeth after I heard that. <laughs> but uh, Frankie Valli, oh, kind of his comeback, 63. December 1963, yeah. Oh, What a Night. Yes. You really can't meet people from our generation, Fudd, who don't have some kind of emotional tie to the song, Oh, What a Night, December 1963. I don't know why that is. I don't mind it. I mean, I, I liked the fact that Frankie wasn't doing the crazy falsetto stuff from his yeah. early career anymore. It was just singing. And it had kind of a, dare I compare it to almost like an early Billy Joel kind of sound, kind of you yeah. know, upbeat piano, kind of moving along. But uh, Yeah, I, and that, uh, I, I did, I do remember a little trivia I read. It was originally supposed to be about 1933. 1933. About, about the end of Prohibition. But it was Frankie Valli who said, no, let's modernize it and make it, you know, like our own memories or something. Sure. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was kind of popular at weddings. I don't know if it still is. Well, and roller rinks. I mean, yeah. half the people I've talked to you know, from my various friend groups over the years, oh, God. It's, it's, those who grew up in the northern suburbs remember a place called Saints North. Yeah. A roller rink where there was, you know, you, you roller skated with... You were just old enough now to be interested in in other people romantically, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and people would try to find the courage to ask someone to skate to Oh What a Night, December 1963. That's what I'm hearing. I was never a roller skater. I was just like too clumsy. Uh, ice skates, sure. Roller skates, I can't do this, you know. But uh, we we passed right over the most, in my humble opinion. I'm gonna get tagged here as a hater. I know. Barry Manilow. Oh. I just don't care for <laughs> Barry Manilow. And there was a lot of that going up north in the car on CCO. Yeah. I write the songs. Mandy. Oh, my gosh. You yeah. know. Uh, my mom was a big fan, so we heard a lot of it on 70, the record. 76 was I Write the Songs. Another one for you that's just going to be like a slap in the face. Eric Carmen's All By Myself. Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's, let's get together and cry for a while. Oh, yeah. KC and the Sunshine Band, Donnie and Marie were still around. Something called Deep Purple, which I don't know by title, but if you if you Spotify it or Last FM it or whatever app you like, you'll hear it and be like, oh that, oh that's what it was called, <laughs> you know, Donnie and Marie, and and let's not kid ourselves, Fud. Elton John was huge. John Sebastian made the scene with the theme from Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh yeah. But this one is. Up close and personal for the, both you and I. 76 was the year of Boz Skaggs oh. and the Dirty Lowdown. Dirty Lowdown. The Dirty Lowdown. Yeah, that slap bass, I think. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Casey yeah. and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, okay. Gary Wright, Dreamweaver. Oh, yes. All that kind of stuff. That kind of, Again, that kind of curious. Let's, let's research different religious ideas. I think he was all into, like, uh, extra-century projection things like that took a lot of heat for that in the the trades but uh 
And then, and then the, the very... I hear this now and I still... I, I don't know if I want to cry a lot or hit someone. Shannon by Henry Gross. Oh. A song about a sailboat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shannon is going off to sea. I forget. It's just a high-pitched kind of... <laughs> oh, boy. Here he goes. But Elton John. Yeah, God. Yeah, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Don't with, with Kiki, Kiki D. D yeah. yeah. Island Girl. Crocodile right. Rock. You know. Yeah. Rock of the Westies. That was a big, big year. Big year for him. And I apologize, Helen, but anything Helen ready, I was I was ready to <laughs> yeah, right. tell you, let me out here and I'll just, Anne Marie and Helen ready. Yeah. Let me out of the car and I'll just run the rest of the way. Doesn't matter. I'll get there at midnight. I don't even care. Just let me out of the car. Yeah. I cannot, will not. <laughs> I can't do it. I think like, like you mentioned before. Carpenters. A, cer- a certain point you got on the way up to the cabin where, you know, the CCO and the home. Twin City stations dropped yeah, out. Yeah. And then maybe a local station would pick it up. But I seem to remember once we were up there, the radio wasn't on as much. I don't know. How was that for you? Well, and if, you know, the radio that was on, it was, it was, I, I mean, he, my dad would be out there working on building something or re-roofing something or planting something, you know, trees going in or putting up the shed or sinking a new well or, you know, there's always a job. Always. It, we went up every weekend because there was stuff to do. It was a second house. Of course. Much smaller, much flimsier house, but it was a second place. And uh, so he always had radio with him. I don't know what he was listening to. I really don't. Hmm. I mean, it was on a good day, you could still get CCO. And he, okay, yeah. And I, I remember him out there every now and again, like listening to the Twins, you know, Twins baseball. He could pick that up through Brainerd Walker or whatever, mm-hmm. um, Alexandria Walker. Um, but the music, he didn't care so much for that. He wasn't really interested in hearing music. He liked people talking. Yeah. He he hearkened back to his youth with like farm reports, you know, agriculture field reports. Hog futures are down uh, 20 cents on the dollar right today. You know, and he'd be hammering away. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> Missed his old farm youth, you know. Um, or hunting stories. If he could tap into anybody that was talking about hunting and fishing, he loved that. Yeah. Maybe take a break and come inside for a while when it was time for Virgil Ward on TV. Yes. Yeah. I seem to remember in that cabin my dad built on Osakis, listening hard and straining my ears, we could barely get CCO in, and they were playing E.G. Marshall in the Mystery Theater. Oh, yes. And, the, and the, that great, CBS scary Mystery Theater. opening theme. Uh, bicentennial year of 1976, I think many of us had the school t-shirts you could buy oh, yeah. It was navy blue and the sleeves were white with red stars on them, maybe some stripes sure. over the shoulders, and then yeah. you had your school name on the front. Mine yep. was Carver Elementary in Maplewood, Minnesota. Right. Um, I, did you have one for white bear? You know, we had uh, boy, I feel like there were white kind of sky blue ringer t-shirts neck and sleeves and kind mm-hmm. of a, a blue ring and then kind of like a, a red white and blue kind of waving banner kind of thing and then a big liberty bell oh yeah it's like bel air elementary but you know 1976 i was god i was in sixth grade fud i mean mm-hmm. i was we were the top of the feeding chain and uh you know it was kind of like yeah the third and 
second graders might want to wear an elementary school t-shirt, but man, I already got my eyes on the, the junior high. It's, it's probably not going to be real cool to be walking into day three of seventh grade wearing a Bel Air elementary t-shirt, <laughs> you know? 76 was a big year. A lot of, lot of interesting stuff. Bicentennial, yeah. fly the flag, Elton John, you know, right. Philadelphia Freedom. Philadelphia Freedom, yeah. And the Rocky theme, and I'm very, very in the middle of kind of a fuel crisis, and Jimmy Carter, you know, the post-Vietnam War hangover, and pop psychology, I'm okay, you're okay, 1970s, and all of a sudden there was this, it's okay to be an ex-hippie and really into our country, because yeah. we're 200 years old, right. and I got these quarters now that have a, wow. a, a drummer on in a three-cornered hat. Wow. <laughs> Even cool. the cartoons, Fudd. You remember the cartoons like the Archie's 76? Oh. The Archie's Saturday morning cartoon yeah, started with them watching. like Archie, Jughead, and Reggie all marching and playing the fife with the U.S. flag. <laughs> I was like, what, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I was a sixth grade kid going, this, this is marketing, man. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, might be a good time to sort of... Uh... Fade out bling like a, the, the bling great... a crows. <laughs> Hello. Oh my goodness gracious. What in the heck? Bring a close. Bling a crows or bring <laughs> a clothes. Wow. Wow. Don, you'll take that out, won't you? Don, cut that, will you? Cutting room floor. Let's go. Well, it was a blast thinking. It was good stuff. The lead up and uh, te- oh, yeah. texting back and forth oh, yeah. in anticipation. Without of, a doubt. Good things. And uh, we're not all that far from possibly heading up. That's right. Riverside we're, again here for We just soon. opened up the cabin, Fudd Sr. and Scotty Cummins. His son Toby and I went up, put in the dock, raked the leaves, turned on the pump. And uh, so it's time to break out the calendar. Amen. Uh, I was about to call you Fudd Bjorn. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> Head up there. Get that white whale out in the water and get back that son of a gun that snapped your line last year. <laughs> yes. Give it a try. Perhaps the arbogast will come floating back up. Something tells me it won't. But Well, thanks for staying with us, and uh, this will bring yet another episode of Cabin Country to a close, and uh, maybe something very similar somewhere in the near future. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. We'll, we'll make some more coffee. Sounds good. All right. Good night, friend. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.